With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back, and folks, this is our first Blitz Month interview. It was the exact same stud who started us off last year. He is the hardest working man in radio. He is the sports director at K-Man. He is hosting the game every single day. He's going to be the host of Power Cat Game Day. He's doing play-by-play for the Manhattan Indians. And he is the voice you're going to hear inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium for all 50 of Deuce Vaughn's home touchdowns this year. That's right. Deuce for Heisman is the man, the myth, the legend, Mitch the Fort Fortner. Mitch, welcome back. The Boneheads demanded you were the man who started us us off the Blitz Month uh, series this year. You're back. You're in that number one spot. Uh, with all the titles you hold, being one of the Boneheads' favorites has to be up there. It is. Uh, if there is a trophy, I want it because I'm going to put it in my office and look at it every day and just remind myself how far I've come. As a matter of fact, you mentioned all the things I'm involved with now. Uh, July 31st became my 10-year anniversary of working here at the radio station, so it's it's been a minute, but if I had a trophy – of being recommended by the boneheads of being on Bosco boys. I, I, I would put it up in the office. I would tell Troy Coverdale, who's on the show with me. And I share an office with them. Be like, you know what? Someday this could be you buddy. Just keep working hard. Keep at it. Keep grinding. And someday this hard work will pay off. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, so we've been going daily uh, starting in July over here. I know you are no stranger to putting out content daily, uh, I want to give props to you again. You've mentioned it on air. I saw it on Twitter. You guys went over a million downloads, I think, recently. Uh, it's it's been two million. Off. Oh wait, two million? Three million? Two million? Two million? Oh my gosh, two million. two million! Okay, that was my fault for misremembering the tweet. Um, so I, I want to give you some roses on that, and then again, uh, you know, we'll, we'll plug it at the end. But how how much fun have you been having? seeing those numbers, you know, you're blooding in a couple new guys, showing them the ropes, you know, you're the big dog. How much fun is it kind of being like, all right, this is now the Mitch show. 
Well, I'll be honest with you. When John left, it was that uh, that it was that Iowa State week in October, and when it was his last week, I'm like, man, like I know I got to step up. I'm going to be the host of the game now, and I knew Power K Gandhi would be coming up, like, and sports director was certainly a possibility. I knew I'd have to step up, but I was also super nervous because you know John had been here the whole time. I've been here. He had been the host for, gosh, seven plus years, and I was always the sidekick. And now Robin has to become Batman, and that seems impossible. But um, I'm just happy that the listeners stuck around because John is extremely talented. He is still doing amazing things with his podcast and his, and his YouTube channel. I mean, if you just look at the views and the numbers, I mean, he's, he's killing it right now. But to see, like, the game hasn't lost its listenership. People are still intrigued by what's going on daily with K-State Sports. There's a loyal following. Uh, that I mean, that means – the world to me and it also kind of tells me like i'm not hated i guess like people are okay with the sound of my voice and my takes that i give once in a while and a two-hour show daily i mean heck a podcast is one thing like i have my podcast i listen to a couple of episodes a week that's easy to keep up with but 10 hours um a week like for those that can grind through that and listen to that to our show every day i i couldn't think those people enough for sticking with us. And again, I think that just kind of talks about the legacy of the game. You know, it was there before, you know, you, it was there before John is there before Mason. I, I would imagine, Hey, I, I'm not trying to get rid of you anytime soon. I, I love listening, but I would imagine there there's probably going to be a life after. I think that just, you know, says everything about the person who sat in that chair and it has never dropped off from the jump. And I want to give credit to you and everyone who has been there at K-Man because, again, you guys are doing local sports talk radio better than probably anyone. There's not an Ames, Iowa, you know, radio show that's going to be better than you guys. Nothing in Stillwater. The fact that you guys are doing that Manhattan, Kansas, that quality day in, day out, uh, I couldn't give you enough roses. I, I wish I wish all the boneheads could have heard the, uh, you know, praise I heaped on you before I hit record <laughs> and how you tried to reject it. So I'm doing this while I'm recording to try to force it on you. So hopefully you get a little bit better taking some roses. Well, and another thing I want to thank the listeners for, I'm glad we don't get too many complaints that it's not two hours of just 100% sports. If you know me and my personality, yes, I'm a big sports guy. And this was a reason why I thought I would not be a good, like main host. Number one host for the show is that I am not a 100% sports guy. I love music. I mean, even though it's not really considered a sport pro wrestling. I still keep up with some stuff going on there. How about my guy, Pat McAfee at SummerSlam? Let me tell you, man, he is extremely popular right now in the, in the wrestling world. He's actually pretty good in the ring and he should have yeah, SummerSlam was one thing, but if you go back and watch WrestleMania and he was in the ring with Steve Austin took a stunner. I mean, that, I mean, talk about a kid's lifelong dream to take a stone cold stunner at WrestleMania. That's huge, but he is awesome. And I'll be honest, as well, I, I, I hate to admit this, but um, there's that YouTube slash boxer. I don't know if he's the boxer, but Logan Paul, uh, the social media guy, I, I don't know what he does. God, he's pretty good. He's natural. He's 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 yeah. pretty decent. But so I, I so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you uh, off. So I, I only was watching for Pat McAfee and, and I, I watched it, you know, when when I was younger. Uh, but I'm just a big Pat McAfee. I, I saw Logan Paul, the YouTube guy. And I mean, you know what? Shout out to him again. Like 
you know, he, he, I think he came up, I think he might've been like on some Disney channel shows super early, but I mean, those guys are athletes and they're performers and to jump in there doing something that you only do sporadically on one of the biggest stages in anything, let alone something that's going to get, you know, watched by millions. I mean, shout out to those guys. But going back to my original thought about uh, where the game is at right now, uh, I appreciate people letting me talk about things other than sports. I mean, no, no joke. The most talked about thing about the show, like the people, the things people talk about to me the most is number one song of the day. And for those that aren't familiar with the game, we just, I just pull up a random number one song that went number one on the billboard hot 100 and just talk about the facts about it. And people talk about that more than anything. I'm like, like, really? Like, that's what you get out of it. But I don't know. I just, if I were to do two hours of sports and I know this won't sound the best, but if it was just two hours of like, if I couldn't just talk K-State and I mean, if it wasn't the biggest story going on, if I, I would get a little bit burnt out every day on that. So I, I got to bounce around, but I, it's definitely going to be K-State heavy. And I'm, I'm really, really going to focus on what's going on lately with K-State. I don't care how small the storyline is. If it's just some two-star kid out of uh, Utah that commits to K-State, I'm going to give him his own segment. I'm going to talk about that, let K-State know what's going on daily with the Cats, but I'll also branch out a little bit as well. Yes, and you do a great job, and I, uh, I'm i always pumped. It's it's one of the first things I listen So I don't listen live. I'm a podcast listener. I download it in the morning. That's one of the first ones I listen to. But enough talking about how great you are. As much as I like you, as much as the Boneheads like you, it is time to talk K-State football 2022. Before we do, Blitz Month week number one is sponsored by Adopt Don't Shop. If you want a great little furry friend like Chauncey Bosco, my official co-host, get out, find a local shelter near you, and Adopt Don't Shop. Even if you're a cat person, not for me, but you know, there's a ton of cats out there, ton of dogs. If you're looking for a place anywhere in the Kansas City or Topeka areas, let me know if you're in the Manhattan area. Maybe sign to Mitch's DMs and he might be able to help you out as well. All right, let's get into it, Mitch. Like, like, uh, like I said, you're you're taking up the mantle. You're kicking it off for the second or maybe even third straight year. I can't even remember. But fall camp starts, I believe, on Wednesday. What is the biggest storyline you're going to be following closely over that month as we drive towards that, uh, you know, kickoff with the South Dakota? coyotes and i think i had it in my outline at south dakota state shame on me i'm pretty sure it's just south dakota well and it's not coyotes it's coyotes they will oh, rip you whoa. i learned that from a basketball game oh, uh, no. in bramlage i was gonna reach out to their play-by-play guy soon i'm glad you said that it's oh, coyotes man. not coyotes uh, to me that and to you probably as well i around is not that big of a deal but uh south dakota coyotes yeah um biggest storyline you know there's not i mean to me there's not really any big like position battles i would say i think we got a pretty good grasp on who the starter is going to be clearly adrian martinez is going to start at quarterback i'll give you one um position battle i will say i'm very interested in even though i'm pretty sure i know who it's going to be uh that's who's going to be the number two at running back behind hashtag my boy deuce vaughn i would imagine it's anthony frias uh, because experience will most likely win you a job over everybody else who doesn't have any experience at that position. However, I will mention, I will be disappointed if we don't see DJ Giddens on the field sometime early this season, uh, because I've seen him play a couple of times in person, an incredible 
talent, very athletic at running back when he was at Junction City, but we haven't seen him play yet. And that was after last season. We heard a ton of preseason hype about DJ Giddens. I think no doubt Anthony Frias is going to try to replace like Joe Irvin, who I thought was a solid backup for Deuce Vaughn. He was more of that power back, like between the tackles, just driving in. And Anthony Frias is definitely that type of guy. Uh, I'll throw just another one as well. Um, I would say defensively, clearly they got to find the depth that they're looking for. Uh, still a few question marks at safety, even though we we probably know who's going to like, you know, Kobe Savage is going to be, you know, TJ Smith, like those guys, you're, they're going to be your safeties. But, you know, is there going to be that chemistry? And also the chemistry with Adrian Martinez and Colin Klein. You know, how is that developing now that he's going to be practicing? Yeah, I think you hit on the big ones. Again, big Tony Frias versus the Blue Jay DJ Giddens. That will be a fun one because I, I'm sure all fan bases are like this. Uh, but, you know, the the number two running back position has always been one of intrigue amongst K-State fans. I, I think it's because, you know, you have someone who is so well-known in Deuce and it's like, all right, yeah, he's going to get, you know, 1,500 rushing yards, close to 500 receiving. Uh, you know, it's, it's boring to constantly talk about how great deuce is which i actually think k-state fans should do more i mean because when you see guys like Bijan robinson getting heisman hype over him oh man i hate saying that but i i think it, i think it is kind of funny that 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 is the kind of intrigue amongst k-state fans uh, and, and right there with you again safety i think i think that might be one of the first questions coach Kleiman is asked at his first media availability and i think that's going to be noon on the 8th August 8th, I think, I think, don't quote me on that, uh, but ESPN plus and K-State on uh, Facebook as well, always broadcasting those live. So we talked about you doing the daily show in Manhattan. I think you li- you still live in Manhattan or close to Manhattan. I- I'm not 100% sure exactly your uh, I'm address. In the I'm not, not going to dox you or anything like that, uh, but what is the excitement level around town? Again, it, the students aren't quite back yet, but you're talking to the fans. You're interacting there. You live there. It was sky high last year. You know, sorry for the pun there, but you know, with Miami Dolphins draft pick Skylar Thompson uh, before he got hurt in that second game of the season, how would you measure the hype uh, this summer compared to the other seasons in the climbing era? Yeah, that's a good question because when I do talk to people, I usually get more, I just get questions. Like everybody wants to know like what I feel about the season because, you know, I would of course know more, but they have an idea, but they want like the concrete, like, Hey, is this team, is this team going to be good? I've heard great things about this person and this person is this legit. I mean, just talking about it and knowing that case, they could potentially have a pretty big season is uh, I, I think has generated some buzz. But what the biggest generation of buzz I think in the town is, and this is what I've noticed, is that, and this is just coming from the show of just throwing out there, you know, K-State is actually a dark horse to win the Big 12 championship. And as soon as every fan, every single fan in purple hears dark horse, Big 12 championship, they're like, all right, we got a shot. And there's no K-State fan out there that wouldn't consider the Cats ever to not have a shot. There's always a chance, right? We always have that optimism. Um, But the optimism this year, I would say, is a little bit higher. Well, I mean, compared to last year, it might be actually the same. I mean, did we not have some great optimism about last year's cat? Skylar Thompson, a senior. We well, have especially Deuce coming Von- out of that Stanford game. My God. Yeah, I mean, and 
you know, we thought it was kind of like last year as well. We had some questions on defense and guys filling in some spots and like Reggie Stubblefield was somebody like him and Julius Brintz and Russ Yeast. Like, were these guys going to work out? And Russ Yeast turned out to be an incredible stud. Julius Brintz is going to be a starter, of course, at the corner position. And Reggie Stubblefield, hashtag, or not even hashtag, just the sauce boss, Reggie Stubblefield became an absolute darling and we fell in love with him. And he had, he was the, one of the most kindest people he could ever think about when it came to us media interviewing him. The buzz is, is pretty similar, but if you think about how experienced K-State is like, they have to be, and I I'll do more digging on this as the season gets here and it continues, but it feels like K-State is the, it's gotta be the most experienced team of guys that have been at K-State for a while than any other team in the big 12. They gotta be. And I mean, goodness, look at KU winning the national championship in basketball. Number of those guys had been with KU for a while, an older type of group. That's just the guys that have been grinding with each other for a while. You throw in a new quarterback and Adrian Martinez, if you just eliminate the interceptions, it could be great. I think people have really understood the hype. It's from what I understand, like season ticket numbers are up. So if you, when you hear that as well, you got to feel like, you know, fans are believing in K-State in 2022. Yeah, Missouri down to scattered singles and uh, standing room only. That is going to be a lit game. Uh, even the 11 a.m. is not going to stop that from being what I think may be the best atmosphere in the Chris Kleiman era. Uh, because, again, even if you go back to year one, that Oklahoma game, uh, it wasn't a sellout. Um, again, 11 a.m. kind of hurts, but I imagine, you know, the students, they're going to be hyped for that. The first big game of the season. I can't wait for that one. Um you're well, back at oh, go ahead. real quick. I'll throw this in. You mentioned the ticket sales. So I, I, I talked about this on the show. I have a pretty good feeling that that might be a lot of Missouri fans that picked up some tickets for that. Just that that may not be true, but it's not a far drive from Columbia and you got the rivalry renewing from 2011. That's the last time they played. I mean, Missouri, a 500 team, I think last year, I mean, they got to be feeling pretty optimistic about being better and bowl eligible and, they want to come into Manhattan and play spoiler. I still remember those SEC chants towards the end of the game when Missouri last visited here. I was like, okay, guys, going to remember that. I still remember it. And, um, yeah, that's going to be – that's going to be – you said it right. I mean, that is going to be an incredible environment for an 11 a.m. game. And you know K-State fans will show up for it. Yeah, and even if it is a lot of Missouri fans, you, you do kind of think back to that Oklahoma game where Chris Kleiman got them in his first year – Again, there were quite a few Oklahoma fans, you know, in the stadium for that one. They're, they're, they always travel well, but I think that kind of adds to that college football atmosphere. Now, if there's going to be ten or fifteen thousand Missouri fans, like that'll suck. But you know, if it's like five thousand, whatever. I mean, I think that kind of adds to it having that back and forth, having uh, you know, a little bit of black and gold. It, it'll make for a fun one. But I have a countdown for that one. I cannot wait for that game. Uh, 40 days, I believe it's 40 days from now. And uh, I, I do want to th- add one more thing about the hype of this season. Uh, and I, I blanked over, but now I reminded myself, Colin Klein's the offensive coordinator now, and everybody has heard about, boy, we could have a, a quicker, like a faster offense. Like that is bizarre world here in Manhattan, Kansas. We're, we're used to, you know, the ball snapping a second before the play clock expires. And we get nervous every time. Like are we going to have to take a timeout. I mean, things are changing in that direction. And so it's more exciting football now that'll take place offensively. 
Yeah, and you know his, his name is going to go up on the Ring of Honor. I, I don't know if that's the first game or what what game it is. that. Yeah, so honestly, I don't like that because like, is he going to be able to be on the field like and be part of the ceremony? Well, it makes me nervous that because you know, listen, I've I've been very open about my thoughts on exit and reentry, and if this this ceremony were to take place during halftime. Is there going to be people in the stadium to see these K-State football legends yeah. get their, their their big honor and their name up on the stadium? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, uh, I, I hope fans stick around. I hate exit reentry. I love Gene Taylor. I think Gene Taylor is etching his way into being one of the great athletic directors at K-State. Uh, the fact that he still hasn't pulled the trigger on uh, exit reentry kind of makes me mad. Uh boneheads that's a little teaser actually i haven't gotten it confirmed but gene taylor's been on with us almost every single august except for last year which you know what i i excuse him with everything that was going on in conference realignment last year um hoping to get him on august i'm gonna ask him specifically about it you know uh he, he's on with you guys quite a bit he did his own q a with brian smoller i don't think we'll get any breaking news but i'm gonna put his feet to the fire a little bit because i hate exit re-entry well, more on exit reentry from my vantage point, which I'm at the North 30 yard line in the PA booth. I have a pretty good view of like that beer garden that's in the Southeast corner of the stadium. It's usually packed. And if that is working out, yeah, it, it, I mean, that has worked out way better than I thought it would because yes, you can see the screens, but I'm also like, you know, I'd love to see the field. You know, that's why I'm here. I want to see the game live, not on a screen. I can drink beer at another time, but that has really worked out. And plus, I mean, they also just took away hundreds of parking spaces for the new indoor. So maybe this wouldn't have been the right time to, yes, take away all those spots, but also take away exit re-entry. So maybe one thing at a time, but I'm I'm with you on it. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that's it because coming back from the pandemic, they're like, ah, eh, not this year. Now, you know, they're trying to figure everything out on the east side. I get it. I'm hoping next year's the year we'll ask uh, Gene Taylor point blank on the future of that. Uh, but before we get it, you mentioned it up there in the PA booth. Are you 100% confident any name you might have to call out this season? Are there any you're still working through? You know, not I, not really. Um, I mean, Felix, Andy, DK, Uzama is going to be by far the hardest. Um no basketball I mean, might not, be a little different i haven't even Bay started Bay. on that yet but uh you know if i had i actually have a pronunciation guide here on my uh so i have like a page on on some software for where i do all my my show prep and i i've had this page since tang started adding names to the list of <laughs> of of the roster and how to pronounce all of their names. And you mentioned uh, Bebe, which I, I have it here somewhere and I can work on it for you. Uh, I, I'll have it. I promise I'll have it down by the time. Uh, Abayami Egiola. There we go. That's it. Abayami okay, well, Bebe. We're going to have you on before basketball season. You're going to, you know, walk us through that a little bit slower uh, <laughs> next time. So we'll, we'll have you on in October to get us ready for that guy. Um, but let's get into it. This is why everyone listens. They want your predictions for the season. Again, you're early on. I, I, I'm i giving the preface for week one. I'll let people, like I'm not going to send the boneheads out there to break your kneecaps if you change it. But starting week two, people need to be locked in. Uh, so let's go to it. There are no qualifiers this year. Uh, and I know this one for you. Who's going to be your offensive MVP? Uh, ben Sinnott. 
No, uh, I, even though I'd love to see him uh, definitely get more attention. Um, hashtag my boy Deuce Fawn. Uh, he is my ride or die. He is. He's been my boy since before the Arkansas State debut. Uh, in that game, he was just barely getting started. If you look back at those numbers, it's peanuts compared to what he's done ever since. Uh, he was just getting his feet wet. There's nobody else I could go with with hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn, but we know he's established, incredibly talented. He is so dynamic. He can do anything for you offensively, but we know that number two on that list would be Adrian Martinez. And he is, I mean, of course the quarterback, but so, so crucial to the success this season by hopefully the offensive line protecting him because he comes from a place that was not used to winning anymore is not a winning culture up there in Lincoln anymore. Um, and statistically, if you ask Pro Football Focus, had one of the worst offensive lines in college football division one. And we're talking nearly 300 teams. And he had one of the worst offensive lines there to protect him. That will change. That is definitely going to change. Just have to be smarter with the football. Eliminate the turnovers as much as you possibly can. That'll be a huge difference. Think about if he didn't have those turn, uh, those interception numbers in his career, where we would think he is on a scale of one to ten, an eleven. So I have really good, I have a lot of trust. I really do in Adrian Martinez. Just if he eliminates those turnover issues, that's where the make or break is going to be for a special season, in my opinion. The Nebraska all-time leader in total offense, Adrian Martinez. Um, who? Who would you have as being the third horseman to go along with Deuce and Adrian? Yeah, see, that's that's a good question because, you know, how long has it been since we can say, man, we've had a breakout at wide receiver. Somebody's really jumped onto the scene and delivered in an impactful way. We, we have guys that have grinded through the system, like Phillip Brooks and Malik Knowles, but we've seen its inconsistencies. However, you would think I'd pick Malik Knowles after the bowl game he had against LSU with a couple of touchdowns. I honestly, I have to lean towards Phillip Brooks because I mean, Malik Knowles has never been a leader for K-State when it comes to receptions or yardage. He is awesome in special teams and so is, and so is Phillip Brooks, but Malik is going to be your impact player for special teams, kick uh, returning kicks. That's where he excels. But to me, Phillip Brooks, he, I mean, he was K-State's leader in receiving yards last year. He only scored a couple of times, but he was more the go-to guy. And so to me, I mean, Phillip Brooks just has to stand out to me offensively as being maybe that third guy. But again, I mean, I hope, you know, I mean, I mentioned Ben Sennett and Jackson, like throughout those kind of guys, like we need more guys that can complement Deuce Vaughn that don't play at Deuce's position. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Again, I I didn't put qualifiers on here because despite being the Big 12 preseason player of the year, Felix and Amy DK Uzama, I do think there are other contenders for this. So no restrictions. Do you have Felix for this role? I do. The sack numbers cannot be ignored. I mean, he is considered one of the best defensive ends in the country. Now, the sack numbers are one thing, but let's also remember over, well, I shouldn't say over half the sacks. I don't know if they're all sacks, but typically when King Felix gets his royal hands on some lowly jester, known as a quarterback, um, 
they have a hard time holding on to the football. And Felix, King Felix can create turnovers. He forced six fumbles last year. He is three forced fumbles away from tying the K-State career record for forced fumbles. And so, and of course, I mean, you're, you're going to see him just about, you know, on every rush play, you got to have Felix out there and K-State has to continue on what they did last year and creating havoc in the backfield. So it's, it's really hard not to go in the direction of King Felix. Who do you have as being a possible dark horse for that pick? Um, I think I'm going to go the opposite um, on the opposite side of the line than King Felix because he had such a strong second half. How about Nate Matlack, the pride of Olathe, Kansas? What a talented kid he is. And he had very limited time last year, even though he did start the last, he started the last three games of the season for K-State. So he earned that role at such a young age and with minimal experience. But I mean, Nate Matlack with four sacks, a couple of forced fumbles, like those are the kind of things I'm attracted to. Um, and of course, we're not going to see Khalid Duke, not so much at the, uh, you know, at the DN position, more maybe of the uh, Sam linebacker position. Uh, Jalen Pickle is going to be kind of a rover. He's going to go from tackle to DN. He can play both positions with the addition of Eli Huggin as well. We can't forget about that guy on the D line. But Nate Matlack is Matlack and Felix are going to make that defensive end sandwich that no offensive line is going to want to deal with. He is, uh, I mean, Nate Matlack could have a really huge year this year outside of Felix, of course. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Let's get to the breakout player of the year. Uh, no, Again, no qualifiers this year. It doesn't have to be a freshman or sophomore like the previous years, but who do you have for that breakout role on offense? Uh, you mean defense? Uh Offense or defense? Oh, offense or defense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, breakout. Uh, I'll, I'll give you both. Uh, offensively, I think that's easy. It's RJ Garcia. Uh, you know, freshman, uh, true freshman last year, if I b- remember correctly, who we, we barely saw on the field. But I mean, the coaches in the spring have talked about RJ Garcia like he's the next big thing. I mean, we did not hear like this kind of hype about Deuce Fawn. Um, and a number of other guys, I mean, RJ, they've been so impressed with RJ Garcia. So after hearing all of that, I mean, I hope the, the talk lives up to the hype because if that's true, we might finally, like I mentioned earlier, have that next breakout guy, a wide receiver. Plus I think you know, no offense to Cade Warner, but we're not expecting him to go out there and, and produce the most for K state. I mean, what RJ Garcia, he is young and he can make a big splash very early for K-State, and I think he's going to be expected to, and I would be surprised if he doesn't have that success and doesn't work his way into like a, you know, that third spot on the starter for the starters of uh, the wide receivers next to Malik and Phillip. Definitely, and do you have a guy on the defensive side of the ball for that uh, breakout player? Yeah, I mean, maybe this is like cheating, uh, but I, I'm going to go with a – I have two in my mind, uh, but they're already like they have experience – uh, Will Honus, a linebacker that uh, weak side that, yeah, that would count. He's a, that would count. He's a newcomer, but he has already been a starter for Nebraska. Again, we have another guy who got sick of the losing in Lincoln, wants to play a bowl game, wants a winning atmosphere. Um, and um, so I, I'm so glad that he came here to Manhattan because I think he has an excellent potential. I would imagine he's going to be a starter. Boy, when he suffered that injury, I know for him, 
and even for the Nebraska fan base, that was really crushing because he was going to be out a long time. And he was, he did not play in 2021. He's an older guy. Um, and so this is his last shot at having a big season. And I think he's going to really pull out all the stops and be huge for K-State. Uh, and another one I'll give you as well, because he was so good at the Juco level, Kobe Savage. And he's going to be ex- very necessary to have uh, and be successful for K-State because the depth, we're just unsure about it. But he is going to probably start at safety. And I mean, you know, two years at the Juco level, and he had over, you know, like, had 100 tackles or more, something like that. He had six interceptions at his time at at uh, Tyler uh, Community College. So those two, um, you know, fingers crossed that have monster years this season. Yeah, we got the Tyler trio. It'll be fun to watch those three guys playing together. Here's my favorite question of Blitz Month. What is your pendulum game of the season? Well, these pendulum swing game type, of, I, I always go to the road, like a, a game on the road, like pull off one of those big wins, hostile environment, I hate to make it sound like like I'm really giving these ding-dongs a lot of praise, uh, but this takes me to Ames, Iowa, uh, October the 8th. Um, yeah, I just got a wedding invitation for that day, so I'm hoping oh, it's an 11 a.m. game. I know Iowa State is just replacing a ton on both sides of the football. They still have some pretty solid talent, um, but in Deckers, the quarterback – you know, he, he's supposed to be pretty good. It doesn't matter, though, if they've lost a ton of talent or not. That's still going to be a tough game. I mean, going up to Ames, I mean, heck, 2012. You know, that team was so amazing for K-State, and Iowa State wasn't. But that was still a tough ball game. That was a lot to grind through, and they made it work. It's going to be a tough environment. It's going to be a tough game. It doesn't matter. It, it's going to be a close one. If K-State can squeeze that out after – a game against Oklahoma two weeks prior to, uh, to that on the road as well. If they could squeeze through that and be five and one, maybe after the first half of the season, I mean, that tells you like, okay, we are legit contenders. We are in the driver's seat to make it to Arlington. I love it. So again, I won't carve this in stone since it is so early fall camp hasn't even started, but as we sit here today on August 1st, what's your prediction for K-State's record? Uh, 12 and 0. I love hey, why stop there? 15 and 0, baby. Natty. I learned I learned 2020. I learned that uh boy, one of the most memorable weeks we ever had on the game was before that Oklahoma game in 2020. Uh and I was trying to just calm John down as much as I possibly could, but he's like, "Oh, we have zero chance to go into Norman, Oklahoma, and beat the Sooners. Can we just – can we get this game postponed? And I'm like, man, I I mean, deep down, did we disagree? I mean, did we disagree that K-State had no shot to go into Ames – or go into uh, Norman and win that game? But you know what? Down 21, like a minute, two minutes to go in the third quarter, they did it. I mean, it, it was a remarkable win. So I've learned that it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, who the opponent is, the Cats – Always got a chance to win by nine, baby. So uh, I'm going 12 and 0 until they uh, lose a game. And then my next prediction is 11 and 1 and then 10 and 2. And we'll just kind of go from there. But uh, I mean, absolutely. I feel like K State, uh, you know, 12 and 0 seems like the impossible, but a trip to Arlington doesn't sound too crazy to me. 
So you have K State in Arlington for going twelve and zero. Who, who's K State well, beating in the Big Twelve championship game? Yeah, see that that's a sixty four thousand dollar question. Who's going to have the honor of uh, playing against the Cats in Arlington? Um, second straight year, the Cats go to Arlington and and beat up some jabroni. So, and I'm still I, I still debate in my head. I you know I feel like Baylor's going to be pretty good. I, I don't like preseason poll. I would not predict Oklahoma to win the conference. Uh, even though, I mean, goodness, their quarterback is now a Heisman Trophy finalist already, and we haven't played a game yet. Um, I would have to say Baylor. I think Baylor, boy, I mean, top to bottom, they seem like just have that slight edge over the rest of the Big 12. And really, people also think it's kind of like a tie there between maybe like Oklahoma State and Texas and maybe throwing Oklahoma as well. I don't know about all that. Texas is going to be a fluke again. Oklahoma State, they'll find a way to blow it. They will. And so Oklahoma will contend. I'll give it to Baylor. Baylor and the Cats meet up in Arlington. Cats win 42-0. I absolutely love it. All right, final question. Uh, how many? And, and we talked about how uh, both of us, neither one of us can see a crystal ball when it comes to realignment, but how many teams are going to be in the big 12 in 2024? Uh, if it's anything but 12, I mean, who, who else is going to be there? I, I mean, I think technically OU in Texas keeps saying that'll be their final season. I don't know if I believe that as much anymore. Are we going to add anyone gun to your head? How many teams are in the big 12? So you asked a question that seems like it's a question that only has an opinionated answer. And I'm here to tell you right now that there is actually a correct answer to this question. The correct answer is, how many ever teams Brett Yormark wants? He's the he's the boss now. It's up to him. I mean, that guy over in the Pac-12 saying the Big 12 has been lobbing grenades. I, I use this line on the show. It was the Big 10 that lobbed the grenades. Brett Yormark is just going to leave you with the grenades. And hopefully those that maybe remember the show Jersey Shore or that uh, that song by Bruno Mars, I'll catch a grenade for you. You'll know what I mean by leaving the Pac-12 with the grenades. That's a reference to like Oregon State and Washington State, the ones that nobody wants. Um, yeah, Brett Yormark, there's a reason he was hired, and I love the hire so much. Jay-Z hired him, and he trusted him to make Rock Nation bigger than it ever was. And guess what? He did it. The New York Mets, or <laughs> the... <laughs> The uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Um, I'm not seeing their logo on like bags of Doritos, but the word on the street is that now they're a much bigger deal after he worked his magic on the Nets. So I'll take their word for it. NASCAR has come a long way since he had their, his hands and his mind on what to do with that regionalized sport and make it more of a nationwide uh, popular sport. Um, so I, I still lean towards 14 things kind of stay in the way they are because it seems like Notre Dame they're I mean, of course they're playing by their own rules. Um, so depending on that, you know, if, if Oregon and Washington's ready to jump over, hell yeah. Uh, Brett Yormark is going to go after some of the Arizona's and the Colorado's and Utah's, which by the way, suck at Colorado. Guess where you're at right now and what a move you made 11 years ago. Um, but, um, I'm still going to stick with 14, but Brett Yormark, he's going to do what he wants to do. He is a baller. I completely trust him. We're going to be fine.
I love it. Well, that's all we have for Blitz Month 2022 with Mitch the Fort Fortner. Mitch, where can people find you on Twitter? And where can they find all your fine work if they're not already subscribed or listening over the antennas or radio.com app or whatever radio app you want them to listen to you on? Well, when it comes to the podcast, I mean, the best way I can describe it is just you can just search for wherever you get your podcast. Just search for the game KMAN. I always give a shout to uh, to SoundCloud because that's actually where we upload the podcast. But also, I mean, Spotify is is pretty huge. So you can go there and easily find it. The Apple podcast app. I mean, really anywhere you get your podcast, search for the game KMAN and you'll keep up with the content and keep those numbers through the roof for us. And I greatly appreciate that. Uh, when it comes to Twitter, at Mitch the Fort is uh, where you can follow me, which, by the way, I'm still trying to get the handle just at Mitch Fortner. Uh, but, again, Jabroni down in Texas has it. He has tweeted once in the last 19 months. I have Everyone often, go report it. If, if, had, people, if, if people boneheads, this is me saying it, not Mitch. This is Scott Wildcat saying it. If you report that Twitter user and try to get him kicked off Twitter, send me a screen grab. And if we can get him kicked off Twitter and get – Mitch, that account, I will send everyone who participated koozies. Let's make it happen. Let's be hostile if we need to. I I offer I DM'd the guy and he never got back to me. I offered a hundred bucks for it and uh never heard a word. But he also, you know, he only logs in once every year and a half. So not too much I can do about that. I was hoping at some point, like it would just be so inactive that Twitter would notice and be like, just delete him. It's because it, I've seen it happen before. If you're off off your account for a couple of years, your your account disappears. So I was hoping that would happen. But then you know, right at the finish line, he retweets uh, something that had just only something to do with his job and got zero likes. So I was like, this is pointless. All right, let's get him kicked off Twitter. Let's make it happen, <laughs> Boneheads. Well, that's all we have. I'm going to have the duo of the Aggieville Alley Cats. We're going to have Connor on Wednesday and Ace on Friday. We have our live show 7 p.m. on ColorCast, and that will drop in your podcast feeds on Thursday. Boys and girls, boneheads and bonehounds, Blitz Month is here. We love you guys. Grant's back on Twitter. Tweet at him and uh, get him to say meet me at the cat head because you know what? That's his catchphrase. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you later. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State. Our pride is with the cats, Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack, Kansas State, excitement's in the air, Kansas State, the fun is being there, having a good time there, purple and white we share, showing our colors Podcast Network.